Welcome to Functional Design and Closure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. That's right. We love closure. We love talking about closure. And we're going to be talking about Closure Core some more this week. We're going to dive into the four function macro. <laughs> <laughs> macro. Yeah, macro. Yeah, macro. <laughs> what is four for? <laughs> right? <laughs> four. Yes. What is it good for? It's good for practically everything. <laughs> Quite a few might, things, actually. Might be an overstatement, but yes, it's 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 uh it's quite the Swiss Army knife that four macro, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's if you look at the doc, it says the very first thing. It's just list comprehension. Period. Like that's it. You should know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. It's 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 funny because um my my previous language that I used uh in in a professional way before closure was Python. And one of the ways that Python people say, oh, we're functional, we're functional, is because they have list comprehensions. And um, so I had used those many times in Python. But when uh, I started using Clojure, I never could quite, I don't know, for some reason, the way that 4 is done in Clojure, even though it actually maps pretty closely to what is done in Python, it, it, it definitely, uh, it took me a while before I really could understand what was going on um, and, and use it you know, uh, in, in, in anger instead of just trying it out in my REPL. Yeah. I, of course, I always find it ironic that the, the name list comprehension has the word comprehension in it when it, when it's so confusing (laughs) (laughs) because, uh, like a list comprehension, I think the word generator is, is like maybe a little easier to understand, uh, you know, it, the, it comp- the word list comprehension com- comes from academia, but but really, like what you're doing with list comprehensions is you're you're generating a sequence off of other sequences or other information that you can walk through. You know, and so it's not a generator in the sense that it's generating it based on I/O. Like Clojure has things for that too, but yeah, list comprehension is like you are you are deriving a, a whole new sequence in a declarative way using other sequences as fuel if you will for for deriving that right yeah i was uh, in, in typical closureist fashion i i before the episode i looked up and actually did the definition of what comprehension is and 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 i was and it, it made you know it's understanding that kind of thing but one of the synonym, synonyms is encompass and so I was like, oh, it encompasses, like, you know, like a list, like the parentheses of a list encompasses the results. I was like, that's that's a way I can get to it being a list thing. Um, but I think that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so one of the things about four is definitely, like, you don't have to use it, right? You can use, uh, basically, you can mostly use a combination of map and filter and and while, like, like um to to do what you want to do what you want to do um for you really start to feel the benefits of a four when you're trying to create a flat list if you will like just a straight sequence that gets created from like nested data or or two other data sources that you need to join together in some way that that's where you, i think you can feel the power of four versus just using map and filter 
Yeah, definitely. And I think so. At, as an example of the the, the nested, I feel like the, the nested use case is one that would be really hard to replicate using another core function. Um, like for instance, we you know we do we do, like we said before we've used do a lot of esports. Um, we we work with a lot of esports data, and so if we have a, a game and that game has in it is a list of players as a sublist, and each of those players has a sublist of you know the stats like the stat entries for you know, like kills and deaths and all that stuff, you know, all those interesting bits. And I want a flat list of every stat, or I want a flat list of, of, of maps of the stat, the player name, and the game ID. Like, I'm basically extracting information from all three levels and putting it at one level because I want to either print it out in a table or I want to write it to a database or that kind of thing. And so 4 allows you to take the 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 game and then un, un, un pull out the player player list and then from each player pull out the stat list and then the body of the what you're going to return you just construct the map and you have access to all the layers back up to the top yeah yeah and so that nesting example is where four really shines right so you're gonna do because you can bind at each of the levels you can bind a value so that you're dealing with all three values in, in the body of four. So like, for example, you'd say four um, game, and then you have your game sequence, like your sequence of, of all the games, right? And then within the games, you have players. So then you say on the next line, you know, player, and then you do something like colon players of game, right? So you're, you're going to extract out the player list from that. And then and so now you have game bound and you have player bound. So like when you use those in the body of four, then you're talking about a player in a specific game, a specific player in a game. So it's going to go through all the games and then all the players in that game. So already, you know, there's a what Cartesian product, I think would be the math, the math <laughs> more, word here. More academic language, yes. Yeah, and then so then for each player inside that, they'll have a stats list. So that's colon stats. So then you say for stat, right in the colon stat player and so like you're you're fetching the stat out of the player record which you fetched out of the players list which you fetched out of the game which you fetched out of the total sequence right so it's you're like diving down in the tree and then if you return a map where you just say okay colon player and then the the player information colon game the game information colon stat and the stat information then you're going to get this flat sequence where you're going to have a game, a player, and a stat for each each record in this flat sequence, right? And then that's going to be a lot more amenable for like searching and grouping kinds of problems, like filtering and grouping kinds of problems in your code if, if it's nice and flat and fully expanded. Yeah, yeah. So, for instance, if you had that fully expanded list, then you could say filter that entire list for the stat deaths. And then pipe it into, or you know, thread that into reduce plus. Now I have the total number of deaths across all the games. Um, but you, you can't just you you don't you you can answer way more questions than just that one because of that flat list. And the the, the cool thing about the four comprehension is that it's a very compact way of getting access to all the levels at once. And, and returning that list. It's like, if you were to try to do that with a set of functions, you could you could do that with, you know, probably you could do it with, with Mapcat if you, if you have a couple of nested layers of functions, but you, 
it's going to be much harder to understand if you don't understand. Like it's going to be much more spread out than than what the four's conciseness allows uh, for. <laughs> yeah, and so like each like each of those levels you descend. If you wanted to write this with map instead, then you're going to have a map inside of a map inside of a map, right? So so if you find yourself nesting a map inside of the function for another map, that might be an indicator to you like, oh, I should be, I should consider using four here. <laughs> this is what, this is what four is for. <laughs> yes, this is, this is, <laughs> this is what four was put there for. <laughs> right. So many puns. Sorry. Oh, yes. <laughs> Forgive Not us sorry. for... Forgive us for our four punts. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, so yeah, if that, that would be like the first bellwether of like, ooh, maybe I should be using four, is you're noticing a map inside of a map. Um, another one is just if, if you want to do a lot of work <laughs> in a map. So, I mean, I would say like our recommendation typically is if you want to get a lot of work done in a map is we'll make a function for that work. <laughs> Right. And then just map with that function name and then go look at that function to see all the work that's getting done. Right. But sometimes like you want to close, like you want to close uh, across some context, you have some variables bound and, and, and it's just going to be a lot simpler to have that work you want to get done right. There's a literal in the middle of middle of the code and not in another function. Cause you'd have to pick up a lot of context variables and bind them in and partial them in or something. You know, right, pass them into that function. Right. And so four four is kind of nice because the the body of the work is is the last thing in the macro. So so you can you can you can have like a larger body and it doesn't feel as awkward as having a really big body in your in a function literal that you feed into map. Right. So it can be a right. little easier to read if you if you have kind of a larger literal body right there. Right. Instead of that big body, you can have it, it kind of makes it look more like a do seek. Um, of course, a do seek doesn't have any return value. So using four in this way, I like to call it as using a do seek with a return value. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, and so it's yeah, like it's analogous to map like it, like so say you want to do a map, but you want to do a, a try catch around that that mapping around that function. Well, you could make an, a whole nother function for that. Or you could try to throw your try catch in line, but it's just nicer if you use four with just a simple, you know, game games like just it's more like a do seek, um, and then you can put your try catch in there. So it's it's a little easier to understand, even though uh, it could be a separate function. Yeah, and so then the kind of the next way four helps you. So so like we said at the beginning, you can do all this stuff without four. Right before the point in four is it, it gives you a concise syntax to to help you do the same thing that is hopefully in a way it's a little bit more readable, right? So another another feature is you can you can um, basically have a filter by having a win statement, right? So in in your four bindings you do colon win, and then you put um, the same function callback. That, that you would use in something or expression, really. You're like, you're putting an expression there that you would use like for a filter. And that's what's nice is it's an expression. It's not a function, right? Um, yeah, so so you can use some of those variables that you've bound to like in your levels of nesting. And so 
to in that expression. Yeah, definitely. And and then and then like you you again you could just do that by filtering in your source, you know, in your source uh, uh, collection. But putting the when in there makes it a little more like I'm doing this as part of this for instead of pre-filtering it. Like it's it's like is 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 the filtering part of this comprehension? Then 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 make it part of the comprehension. Don't try to do it outside. Like you're you're trying to accomplish a goal. So is it part of that goal? Then then include it. You know, if it's already filtered, then leave the filter somewhere else. Um, right. So so back to like our player stats example. Um, we let's say we only want to look at the deaths for players that are playing like a on defense because we want to see like how often do the defense players die in this in this in this game right so we could we could have you know our player we could have our okay bind game to the games and then we extract out the players from games and bind that to player and then after player we can do colon win you know and then uh, let's say it's like uh, side is equal to defense, you know, for that player. And then we're, we're not going to get any of the players that aren't on defense uh, because they'll get skipped because the win, the win will prevent it. So that that's nicer than maybe by having a filter statement. Cause the other thing you could do is you could bind player to filter um, and then pass in the function, like to detect whether right. or not they're on defense and then right. colon players game. Right. So, so it gives you, it lets you sort of like, not put as much stuff on one line. You can kind of like write this across more than one line and, and, and it's a little bit more readable, a little less syntax. It reads more like, like, uh, like a, a recipe, you know, every game, every player, Oh, when the player's on defense, you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of a more of a a set of instructions instead of having to go decode each line uh, completely. Right. And, so, and, so like we could limit the games to a, a specific time frame with a when, you know, uh, date, like, and then you use like, okay, date is less, you can do some kind of and, you know, and it's like date is greater than this or date is and, and date is less than that. And then, and then it's still going to traverse through all the games, right? But it's just not going to do any of the rest. Every time it encounters a thing, it's not going to do any of the rest of those things, right? It's going to skip those when 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 the win statement when the win evaluates yes. to be false. Yes, <laughs> so it traverses a whole sequence. It doesn't it doesn't spare you like let's let's say you have all these games in order by time, and you know you only want to examine a. Sp- a certain number of games within a time frame, and then you're done. Like you, you don't need to do any more. When, when is still going to go through everything in the whole sequence, and for the ones that don't match that criteria, being in that date range, it's just going to ignore them and skip them. <laughs> right. It's got to know. It's got to try all the way to the end. Yeah, I think that. So that, that this is one of the confusing things that I ran into when I was looking at at, at four and trying to understand it more. Uh, was that there's also a colon while test. So colon when and colon while, they seem like they would overlap, and, and they do, or that they would be redundant. But but while is actually uh, a, a, a it, it, it's a shortcutting. It's more like take while and less like filter. And so you end up, like, like in your example, if you said when uh, the date is greater than whatever your start window is, and then colon while the date is less than, 
the end date, the four will actually stop. It'll actually it is not just going to go to the rest of all all of those games and try them out. It's actually going to actually st- it's actually going to truncate the, the the sequence at that point in time, and so it'll actually save uh, it saves computation by by using while. It's a little yeah. more tricky. <laughs> It stops consuming the sequence. So, so whenever you would want to use something like a take while instead of a filter, then then while is is what you might reach for in a for comprehension, right? In in order to save consuming the sequence, because maybe you just have a ton more games and you want to have a little bit of an optimization. So, if you want to make sure that you visit all possibilities, like all permutations. Definitely use when to ensure that you use all permutations. Otherwise, with while, you have to be a little careful because the, the thing that you put it after is, is the thing it's going to, as soon as while fails, it's, it's yeah. whatever is left in that sequence is just going to ignore all the, it's not even going to try anything beyond. So, so if, if you have something that's true for a while and then it goes false for a while and then it goes true again, like in, in your big sequence of permutations, then while is probably not your choice there, right? Right. And that's, that, that, and that's the tricky bit is, is it really depends on where, on where the while is in the four. Something you would say in programming, <laughs> where the while is in the four. Another statement um, that makes no sense to the outside listener. <laughs> if you can unpack that, congratulations. Yeah. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is there, there's another uh, modifier. Uh, so we talked about like, you know, we want to test based on date. Uh, you know, we'd have to like, you know, is the date before this date, before this literal or after this literal? And um, so you have to like unpack it out of the game each time. But if you want to use a, a let style binding you can just do colon let you know uh like uh, start date you know start date game you know you can you you can pull that data out of game and then use that in your when or while or or um or even in the body um and so it's kind of like being able to like if you have a four uh comprehension and then in the body you have a let you can just move all that let up into the four comprehension so that's that's like the simplest way of of extracting the let but you can even at each of the levels of the four you can you can use let um to bind variables for your tests or for your other comp- or the, your other levels of, of data without having without having them impact the data itself does that make sense yeah yeah uh, well let me let me take a shot at saying it may be a different way. So so one of the challenges is is when since since you can use for to unpack nesting, sometimes you need to do a computation to go ahead and and get to the sequence that you want to to nest into, right? And so it so it, for lets you put inner interleave these bindings to sequences with also these little let statements. And so you can kind of like in a very flat way go ahead and 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 bind variables to computations too. So you can think of this as like a block where you're either binding a variable in a sequence to a sequence, right? To each thing in a sequence, or you're binding a variable to the output of a computation. And let's let's you just mix these together in a nice succinct flat way. Um, and so you have to put, do colon let and then your typical let binding vector. 
Right. And there's a there there's an advantage. So say, so say you have like getting back to our earlier example of like a game with players and stats. If you if you have six players and each player has five stats, you're going to get 30 records. You're going to get 30 resulting records assuming you don't have a win, right? But what if you only want one of those stats? Well, if you if you expose the stat at the four level <laughs> uh, and not putting in, in a let, you're gonna you're gonna get the explosion of from six to thir- to thirty. But if you use a let, you can you you get that you can figure out which which of those um, stats you want to expose, and 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 then that's the one that comes out in the in 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 the results. Like say you want to extract the deaths for every 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 player. So you would do four, you know, game game sequence, player in in players in the game, and then if you just want the death stat, you do then you would just do let, you know, death stat filter the stats for find the death stat. So now you've bound it and you can return it in your body. But if you say stat stats player, you now you have the explosion to thirty. Now you have to add a when to filter it back down to the to the, just the death stat. That makes sense. Yeah, and and so really, like this kind of shows the tension. So so in this example, where okay, we've we've bound each game, and then we bind each player, right? And so now we have that player reference. De- depending on like the actual mechanics of of grabbing the thing, it might be easier to then bind each stat and throw a win filter to get rid of everything that's not a death, right? Or to take the stats from a player, throw it over the wall to a function that gives you that one back, right? And then and then just use a let to bind that result. So you're not right. so 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 it just kind of depends on like how, like how you're grabbing the data out, right? You you might want to bind the game, bind the players and then have a let and then death be be bound to some computation that maybe some other function does for you or or some literal like you're just gonna grab it you like you know it's a map so you're just gonna grab the death key out of the map or something yeah you know yeah um whereas in the other case it it maybe maybe actually having four do all the iteration through and filtering makes more sense right so it it kind of depends on the structure of your data but that's what's nice about four is like you you both of these both of these are available to you. If you want to bind a thing to a sequence, then you just use the standard binding in four. And if you want to bind a thing to a computation, well, that's when you use the let binding. And you can just mix them in in a nice flat list of definitions. Right. And I, so I think that the the way that kind of might be a more succinct way of saying what I was trying, trying to say before was um, every level of four is is expanding like, the, the the is multiplying the possi- like the the number of of result entries. So if you have three levels, game, player, stat, you're going to have one. You're going to have you're going to multiply those those levels together to get the number of, of entries. But if you want to add a new bit of information at one of those levels without expanding the the number of entries, let is the way that you do that. So it, it kind of lets you expand horizontally instead of vertically, so to speak. Yeah, it's like the default binding for four. Uh, when you're not using colon let or colon win or colon what while right, just the default binding for four is because it's a list comprehension. It's it's going it's going to bind a variable to each element in the sequence. So every line in a four that isn't one of these other special ones 
is is increasing that Cartesian product. Yes. And and so if you don't want to actually be increasing the Cartesian product, you just want to do a calculation that is a useful thing to have later on in some other definition in the four. We'll use let for that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, hopefully that's understandable. <laughs> if not, please come into our <laughs> our podcast channel and we would love to show you some examples. <laughs> definitely. And and so I would just say, you know, be careful with while, you know, think of it as take while. Um, it's depending on where the while is defined, it, it cuts off the sequence iteration at, at the whatever it's defined after. And so if you have more than one level, if you put it at the end, you may get a different result than if you put it at the beginning and so on and so forth. And then um, another like really interesting tidbit is if the body of the four returns nil, then that will not be in the resulting sequence. And so another way, like maybe another way to remember what win does is you could, instead of having win in your definitions, you can have a win block in the body of your four. And when that evaluates to false, win, of course, gives you a a nil well that nil won't appear in the output sequence right so if wow so that's probably why it's called when and not filter because it maps right. to what filter is but it's more close to like you said the oh, having a, a nested when call right so if if your like sequence depends on the property of having nil values in the sequence then four is probably not your tool of choice either <laughs> Although I, can, right. I genuinely can't think of a time where I really, really heartily depended on having nils in the list as proper values, but it, I suppose it could happen. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, usually nils are, are, are filtered out, <laughs> filter some, yeah, but it's a, nice, think, it's a nice property. Yeah, like parallel lists, like if you take keys and values and you pull them apart into separate lists where you're looking at all the keys and all the values, you need them all to be in the same place or something. Um, yeah, but like I said, you know, I can't think of an example where I've really practically needed that. Well, I think we've comprehended most of what four is there for. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone through all the permutations. <laughs> well, at least, at least uh, I think we're getting to the end of our our, our time. Um, so uh, maybe that's enough uh, for now. I think uh, it'd be good uh, if anyone out there has some interesting use of four that you've used in production code or uh, has, has been particularly useful. Um, uh, please reach out to us. We love we love hearing more about the ways people use these core functions, because I think the more examples you feel you, you find, the more it kind of, it, it, it enhances the view, your view of that tool in your tool belt. And then when you encounter a problem, it's like, Oh, instead of, I can just use one tool. There's like more than one way of doing it. And I think, I think it, then, then, then it can actually be more idiom, like the idiom, idiom, an idiomatic bit of code is something that is using the right, or using a well-understood function or, you know, tool in that place. It's not necessarily, I got it to work or it's the shortest one, but it's like, this is the, I use the tool that made it the easiest to read uh, or the most common. That's right. We don't just have one way of saying, I feel good today. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> because, uh, you know, we, we, meaning matters, right? Nuance matters. So, so that's why it's great 
have different idioms in your belt for to get the right nuance in that context. So let's <laughs> let's continue this conversation in our Slack channel. So go over and hop into the Closure Design Dash Podcast Slack channel in the Closurian Slack, and we can continue chit chatting about uh, four and other topics there. Uh, if or if you'd prefer, you can just tweet at us at Closure Design or send us email to feedback at closuredesign.club. Yes, we love we love we love 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 talking with our fellow Closurians. So please reach out. Uh, you, know, you can also uh, reach out and uh, consume other episodes and show notes on uh, the website. Our website is just closuredesign dot club. Uh, please go there. Um, we are now up to episode eighty five. So there's a lot of content and a lot of things that you can uh, listen to if you haven't. Uh, so please please join us. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, drop us an email if you want us to go back and and cover something again. I know we've covered a lot of topics at this point in time, but we'd definitely love to hear from you. But until next time, that's going to be it for now. And we will be back in another week with another question. Thank you so much for listening.